There is a biblical faith. Our world of Christianity has reduced that to just a mental belief, an acknowledgement that Jesus is the Christ, and an acknowledgement that there is a God. Well, that's not biblical belief. I'm just telling you, that's not biblical belief. Amen. Amen. Because when you do believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will obey him. Amen. Obedience is always, always a part of believing. Amen. Always, always throughout the scripture. So what many people do today, they do just as much as the devil does. The devil believes there's a God. In fact, that's what James said. Thou believest in one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But Christianity has reduced God to just a mental concept. And with that mental concept, amen, we have we've fit God into a niche, and then we just live as we please. And we show up in a house of God somewhere, and we act right for a couple hours, and then we, we, we leave. When you really believe God, you obey God. You understand? Amen. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and then it, it finishes, finishes with this, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. So I want to preach to you this morning, real simple subject, seeking. Seeking, yes. seeking, yes. hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah. and that's what must happen to us, because if you really believe in him, you will seek him, amen, amen. amen. brother Noah, I know you're in the house, would you just pray? name you may be seated and it is good to see you all here in the house may I comment on the children you did a marvelous job between 9 and 10 or 10 and 11 you I you were in this house but you were quiet amen I just want to comment on the kids how you responded as we all were praying you did a marvelous job thank you very much praise God Perhaps I, I see things a little different than you do. Perhaps it's from the elevation that I stand, and I'm not talking about my physical height, but I'm talking about in the spirit. The appraisal that sometimes we see is 
very difficult for us to deal with. You know, I'm I'm a realist, so I my faith is always combative with with the fact that I'm also a realist. Uh, you maybe not understand what I'm saying. I had somebody approach me on Friday night at a minister's meeting. How's your church doing? Well, we're we're doing we're doing good. You know, I just give them the standard answers. I've got away from, oh man, we're blowing the doors off the place or anything like that. I just we're doing good. We had some people get the Holy Ghost, and that was good, you know. And and uh, and then I just I don't say a whole lot more. Uh, I've learned uh, in well, I just learned. Give praise to God. <laughs> Amen. So some months ago, as I uh, was just talking to God, he dropped a thought into my mind in, uh, to do what we're doing today. For the month of January, to seek God, to pray, to sort of close down a lot of things, not as a punishment, not as a, to, you know, tell you, hey, you know, I'm the boss. Not, not as that kind of a thing. But to bring us to a place where we can hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. Okay. You see, I realize that if we don't seek Him, we'll seek other things to replace Him. I'm preaching to you right now, and I'm going really slow, but I'm just, if we do not seek him, we'll seek other things to replace him. And I see that very evident in this congregation. Now, we just sung a song that said to us, you know, Holy Spirit, rain down. No mind has seen nor ear has heard what is in store. I can't remember how the rest of it. So we pray, open up heaven. The, the truth be known that what God wants to do amongst us is, is greater than our capacity to understand. Amen. What God wants to take us is beyond. In fact, I, I think, I personally believe that, amen, that if, if God was to reveal where he was completely taken, it would frighten some of us to death. Because we would immediately begin to look at our own capabilities and we'd say, well, God, I can't do that. And you would be absolutely correct in thinking that way because you can't do that, but God's spirit working in, you can. And so we as a church, again, need to seek him. If we don't seek him, we'll seek other things to replace him. Uh, I would ask you the question this morning, when is your relationship with your spouse at, it, spouse at its weakest? When is your relationship with your spouse at its weakest? And the answer to that simply is when you take your spouse for granted. And it works like that with God. Fullness has never produced seeking. All right? Just, I know I'm going real, real slow. But just hang out with me. Fullness has never produced seeking. God has blessed this congregation. Some of you have had job changes. God has caused you to prosper in this present age. But I am reminding you this morning in this house that fullness has never produced seeking. Amen. What fullness literally produces is lethargy. And I'm concerned. In fact, it's the sa very same spirit that you read in chapter 3 of Revelation, the Laodicean church had. It said it had need of nothing. Well, I'm here to tell you that I look at myself and say, Dear God, I've got need of everything you've got to offer. I've got need of your spirit. I've got need of you. I've got need of your wisdom. I've got need of your grace today. I've got need of your mercy. Hallelujah. And so for me to grasp that, I've got to empty myself. Hallelujah. And then there's another aspect I would just, I'm just beginning my message right now. There's another aspect I would like us to consider today. But the very things that we are doing or performing before God 
can cause us to become distant to him. Uh, let me run that by you again. The very things that we are doing or performing before God can cause us to become distant from him. In fact, may I say to you this morning in this room that relationship with him is better than doing. Now, you may not grasp what I'm saying to you, but relationship with him is better than doing. Doing does not mean that we are right. I can do and not have love. I can do and not care about results. I can do and his purpose is not even in my heart. So what this month ought to produce in us is a desire to have relationship with him. And understand that you can't fill your life with things even in the house of God and call that relationship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? It's easy to do. I've done it. It's easier to help you, amen, than seek God. It's easier to pray for you than for me to seek God. It's easier for me to teach than it is to seek God. It's even easier for me to preach than to seek God. Amen. All those things are important, but you can do those things without a relationship with God. Right. Come on. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Well, I thought it was about speaking in tongues. That's part of it. Amen. But I've seen people speak in tongues and go out in the parking lot and curse. Amen. Now, what's going on there? I'm telling you what's going on there. They don't have a relationship with the master. Hallelujah. And so I would encourage you to develop a relationship with him. Amen. You see, if we are going to be strengthened, it's going to be because we know him. Because we walk with him. Amen. It will not come just because we do religious things. Turn, turn your name and say, quit doing religious things. Hallelujah. Are, are you still in the house? Are you still? That, that, you understand. That's why even up here, hey, listen, let me just lay it on you right now. If you don't come to pray with us at 10 o'clock, don't come up on the platform. All right, I'm, just, I'm just telling you right now, that's just how it's going to be. Amen. We have got to make prayer the center of everything that we do. And prayer is what, again, develops relationship with God. Now, I don't mean this to be ugly, what I'm going to say, but a lot of us here don't know really know how to pray. Okay? And, and so you, you come, and thank God that you come, but, but you need to develop Amen. A prayer life. I thought I knew how to pray, at least when I was a kid. And when I came back to God, I realized when I got in here and I prayed, amen, by myself, amen, after I came back to God, that I, I, I really didn't know how to pray. It, it, took, it took me only about five minutes to get through with what I wanted to say, and, and then I was ready to leave. But I told God I'd stay at least an hour. <laughs> well, what are we going to do for the next 55 minutes? Am I just going to sit here, God? What's going on? And so I had to learn to pray. And then I had to, I had to develop another aspect of prayer that, amen, that I, I didn't even realize was a part of prayer, and that was a part of listening. Because then I got, well, as long as I'm talking, you know, this is good prayer. You know, and so I'm doing the talking, and God is not getting the word in edgewise. I'm talking about building a relationship. In fact, if I have breakdowns with my wife, you know where my breakdown comes? It breaks down in my inability to listen. A lot of us, we, we got a problem in those areas with God. We got ratchet jaws. We're, we're talking all the time. I mean, we, we're like that in other relationships. We never hear what anybody else is saying because we're always speaking. Okay, well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, help me, God. Help me in this house. And so for the next weeks, if we can just feel after God in this house. But, but please start outside of this place. And, and let, let, let's be honest about where we're at. Come on. 
Some of you just put on your Christian clothes when you come to church. You got a whole different set of clothes when you get outside the doors of this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my. I'm glad you're all here today. Do you know God can put, fill people with the Holy Ghost this morning in this house? Do you know that God can deliver? He can heal somebody? Remember, we're going to pray at the end of this deal tonight, today. Amen. God can do all those things. But God works. The kingdom of God operates in a place of purity. The kingdom of God operates through people that don't have motives. Amen. Don't come with an agenda. All they come with is, God, you be glorified. You, your purpose, oh God, take place. Amen. You change lives. We will glorify you when we see a life change. We will glorify you when we see somebody healed. Hallelujah. Yeah. It ain't about us. Turn your name and say, it ain't about you. Sorry. It ain't about everything about you. That's some of our problem. That's why we get so offended with people. Because it is about us. And everything's about us. And dear God, in the kingdom of God, it ain't about you. It's about him. So get over it. You don't understand. Oh, I understand. I understand that's exactly how the enemy works. I understand that he'll, he'll get into that thing and he'll burn through your spirit until it destroy any relationship you got with God because you have allowed people to offend you. Get over it. Amen. All right, all right. Can't find that anywhere on that page. Jesus. Jesus. The, the, the Old Testament lays out a pattern for us in how to live. It, it shows us, it gives us, the Apostle Paul, and you've heard us talk about it many times from the Corinthians chapter 10, he, he lets us know that what we read in the Old Testament is our, is our example. We can find things in the Old Testament amen, that are going to help us in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. Now, in the world that we live in today, there are a lot of people that claim that they're following the Spirit of God, when in reality, they're following familiar spirits. What familiar spirits do, they do not exalt Jesus Christ, they exalt Himself. And there's a lot of stuff that you all see on television that claims to be a preacher that it's really a familiar spirit that you're dealing with. No, I didn't, that, that, that didn't come out of my notes either. But you hear me. You know, again, I live in a world that doesn't want to hear truth. Amen. It wants everything to be tempered and whitewashed. Amen. That's not how we get close to God. Amen. Close to God comes from seeking. Close to God comes from repenting. Close to God comes from getting a relationship with him and say, Hey, I, I want to be wherever you're at, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you read in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19 and verse 31, amen, the, the word, the law of God said, give no regard to mediums and familiar spirits. Do not seek after them. To be defiled by them, I am the Lord your God. Not everything that you hear people say that they say they got from God is from God. You ought to understand that, ladies and gentlemen. You ought to understand that the Old Testament's full of people that said they were speaking for God. And God would say, I don't even know what this man's saying. He didn't get it from me. So don't fall after every spirit that you find out there. The familiar spirit. Hey, how is it like? Well, Balaam was like that. Balaam gets hired. He gets hired to do what? To curse Israel. So he goes down to curse Israel. God will not let him say a word against Israel. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 24, amen, now, now when Balaam saw, verse one, that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he did not go as the, at other times to seek to use sorcery. All right? But he set his face toward the wilderness, and Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped according to their tribes, and the Spirit of God came upon him. What, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying there's a lot of stuff going on in our world where it's familiar spirits and they're trying to mesh it with God's spirit, amen, to come up with solutions and answers. And they're not coming up with solutions and answers, but the problem is they are deceiving people. So you'll find people that will seek to have a crowd. You'll find people that will seek to have an audience. A large, preferably a large audience, so that they can impress their buddies. Amen. 
so they can be known in the community. Look, look how big we are. Are, are you still with me? Now I'm all about being big. But being big in the spirit of God, being big in the ways of God. So there are people, ladies and gentlemen, that will intermingle the spirit of God with the spirits, the familiar spirits, and they'll deceive people. Well, how do we know the difference? Truth. 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 Some of you hang around with people that don't have any truth. You listen to people that don't have truth. You watch it on television that don't have, and what happens? It affects your spirit. You become acceptable to things that are not of God. Be careful what you're listening to. Be careful what you're hearing in this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The apostle Paul told Timothy, hey, you know me. And that's a key. The Bible says, know those that labor among you. And you don't know some of those people that you listen to. All right. Amen. Now, in the word of God, God makes it very clear what he will do if we follow him. And he makes it very clear if we don't do what he wants us to do, what will take place. In Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 27, the Bible says, The Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve gods, that work of men's hand and wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. That's what will happen to you. That's is God says the Lord will scatter you, Israel. Why? Because you uh, begin to serve other gods. Then he says in verse 29, but from there, when you're in that condition, when you recognize where you're at, but from there, you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Hallelujah. When you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, he will not forsake you nor destroy you nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. I'm here to tell you that God is a covenant God, and God doesn't forget any covenant that he makes with his people. It's never been on God's side of the deal. It's always been on ours. We're the ones that walk away. We're the ones that forsake. We're the ones that disobey. And here's God today seek, seeking his church to get close to him, to have a relationship with him, to love him with all their hearts and souls. And if we will do that, amen, amen, the doors will blow off this place. We'll see revival like we've never seen it before. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 You see, for some of us, we just like to leave it as it is. We're comfortable where we're at. We don't like a lot of stuff that goes on, but we're comfortable. We can live with it. Turn to and say, I don't want to live with it. <sighs> Hallelujah. I don't want to live with it. I don't want to live like this. I don't, I don't want to live desiring God to do things and not seeing God do those things. I don't want to live, amen, just in a position where I can come to the house of God on Sunday, do a little bit of Jesus, and then I walk outside, don't feel him the rest of the week. That's not how I want to live. That's not how I want to live. I can't, I can't live like that. My God is a covenant God. My God tells me, son, if you do what I want you to do, uh, this is what I'm going to do. And as that song said to us this morning, he'll open up heaven on us. The spirit of God will flow into this house. Amen. When God's spirit moves and operates in a place, the place becomes very transparent. God works through truth. God is not a God that likes guile, deceit. He hates hypocrisy. So he wants us to be very real. Amen. Amen. And so when God's spirit is literally operating this house, it will change how you approach things. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. In the Bible. In the Bible. What should have been the greatest king of Israel 
failed God miserably. Because he rejected the word of the Lord, the Bible says the kingdom was taken from him. And when God's kingdom was taken from him, some things began to happen in his life. First of all, there was a distressing spirit that came from God. All right? And a lot of you seem to think it's the devil doing everything. When literally it's God at work trying to get you to change. It's not the devil made me do it. It's not the devil's. He's not behind every rock and stump and stone. All right, he is out there. We need to understand what Brother Noah talked about today, about warring in the spirit, understand what's going on around us. But we have labeled some of the things that are happening as being from the devil when it was God trying to get our attention. And so the Bible says that a distressing spirit came upon Saul. Okay? God troubled him. And so he was smart enough to know and those around him were smart enough to know that we need to seek out a man that is skillful in the harp. We need to find somebody that can play music. When this distressing spirit that God allows to come upon him, and when he acts different, he gets ugly. And so Saul recognized that himself, and he asked for them to provide a man who could play well. Bring him to me, he says. And somebody says, you know, there's a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Uh, his name's David. He's very skillful in playing. He's a mighty man of valor. He's a man of war. He's prudent in speech, and he's handsome. He's a handsome person. That's what the Word of God says, you know. Amen. And then he gives the most important attribute or characteristic of David. And the Lord is with him. You understand, okay, we come up on this platform. Some of us are gifted people, talented people, marvelous talents. We can, we can do stuff on our own. But the key is we want the Lord with us. How, 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 did, how did David get to that place? Did he, just, did he just come and worship a little bit every once in a while? No. The boy, the boy was a singer. The boy was a worshiper. The boy sat out on the hillside watching his father's sheep and then making songs about God and singing those songs. Amen. Everywhere he went, amen, he, he was glorifying God. No, the reason he's a man after God's own heart is because he desired to see God's kingdom prosper. He just found out that if we try to do stuff in the flesh, we can fail miserably. Amen. We can't operate in our flesh. Amen. And the Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, amen, this, this, this man, David, there's depth to him. There's depth to him in his life. Amen. The Bible says on that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. Now hear what David, this is David's heart. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Amen. Everybody say, make known his deeds among the people. All right, now it's going to get testy here. If you're not willing to testify, if you're not willing to praise him and exalt him, it tells you that you're not operating in the spirit of God. Because the Bible tells us to make known his deeds among the people. Whose deeds? God's deeds. Sing to him, sing songs and talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a good thing to come together. It's a good thing to come. It's a good thing to repent today. Do you know that out of repentance, life will spring forth? If you don't understand this, you don't understand the concept of why we got a winner. I hate winner. Winner's death. Trees don't got anything on them. Don't hear many birds singing. I hear the, hear the crows calling. Not the birds singing. But oh, when everything begins to melt. And I see those buzz on a tree. It's telling me life is coming. Life is, I'm here to tell you, amen, don't despair because you're in a place of mortifying the deeds of your body. Don't despair because you're in a place of repentance. Why? Because out of that death will spring life. 
Amen. And their life will be in Jesus Christ. Their life will be full of him and not ourselves. Hallelujah. But who likes death? He just speaks what he thinks. Amen. Can get you into trouble sometimes, yes, Angela. Our hearts are revealed by what we say. Our hearts are revealed by how we talk. Our hearts are revealed by amen, where God is in, in our conversation. Some of you think some people here are too spiritual because they like to talk about God. So you rather talk about the Bears and the Packers? Get off of it. Why? What have they done for us? I don't mind getting a check in the mail this year from them. All they did is entertain you. If you want to go watch them, they'll entertain you too at your expense. There's a whole lot of other things. You see, you see uh, brothers and sisters, hear me. When somebody dies, a lot of things that they allow to entertain them go, go by the wayside. Because our entertainment is a replacement for seeking God. Amen. All right? Are, are you still in the house? Am I, am I treading too close to you? Am I making you mad and upset? And say, well, where's the power of God? He's here. Amen. So David was a man that it was, his heart was revealed by what he wrote to God and wrote about God. When David was dying, and David knew that he would not build the temple, the Bible tells us in 1 Chronicles chapter 22 that David commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon, his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into your hand. And the land is subdued before the Lord and before his people. Then it says, now set your heart and soul to seek the Lord your God. Now hear me. There's a key here. Now hear me. He said to these leaders, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. And when you begin to seek God, look what it says next. Therefore arise and build the sanctuary. How, how, how do I build this? When I begin to seek God, God begins to show me what I am. And I begin to take and remove some things from my life. And then I begin to build a house that's suitable for God to work through. And when I begin to build a house that's suitable for God to work through in my repentance, notice what the scripture says, amen, that you're going to build a sanctuary of the Lord, amen, to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord. So to bring in or down the Holy Spirit, a promise. I must set my heart to seek the Lord. And I must, in my spirit, in my flesh, build into it a response to God. The Bible says to glorify God in your body, in your spirit, and in your flesh. Why? Because one that is glorifying God in their, beer, in their body, in their spirit, is one that God will be able to work through and bring his spirit down on people. Praise God. Praise God. Are you still with me? David would further instruct Solomon and tell Solomon to serve God with a loyal heart and a willing mind. And he told him, if you will seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. We come to a familiar portion of scripture when he dedicated the temple. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves... He ain't talking to the sinner here. He's talking to his people. And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Seeking causes us to turn from wickedness. Hallelujah. 
Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. The reason many of us struggle is we begin to seek God and we get a little measure of God and we quit. And we don't continue to turn towards him and turn away from. And he's not able to work completely in us. Praise God. One of the, one of the heart-rending things of the scripture is to watch Solomon's son, Rehoboam, take the advice of young men over the advice of old men when it comes to how we're going to tax the people. The old men said, you need to let up on the taxes. The young men said, hey, you need to tax them harder. And he took the advice of the young men, and it caused the kingdom to split. Foolish counsel caused the kingdom to split. And what happened in the northern kingdom is Jeroboam and his sons rejected from serving those priests that God had ordained. And he appointed priests for the high places, the scripture says, and he appointed priests for the demons and the calf idols which he had made. The Bible says that the Levites and the priests that were throughout the land, if you, read, if you study the Old Testament, you'll see that they were throughout the land of Israel. They all left the northern kingdom. Every last one of them left their commonplace, left their inheritance, and went into Judah and around Jerusalem. Why? Because there was a rejection of the things of God. And there was a turning away of the things of God. Brothers and sisters, May I say to you that some things you've got to leave. Amen. Some things you've got to get away from because it's not going to bring you close to God. It's going to cause you to link up with idol worship. It'll cause you to link up with things that will not bring about the victory and the glory of God. And so the Levites left. They got out. They left because they wanted to be with those that set their heart to seek the Lord. And so they came to Jerusalem. I always like to see what happens to the kings. And I, I read about Rehoboam. And I read that although the priest and worshipers came to Judah, his heart really wasn't in it. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 12 and verse number 14, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Basically, the final verdict of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, was that he was a bad king. Why? Because his God was not important to him. His heart neither cared for nor sought after God. And that was the conclusion of his life. I wonder what the conclusion of ours will be. Help me, God, to seek after you with all my heart. I'm coming towards the end here this morning. I'm talking to you about seeking God. I'm talking to you about repentance. I'm talking to you about things that will bring about what God wants to happen. And it's got pretty quiet in here. Pretty quiet. One of the things I noted when it came to seeking God that took place when people really begin to seek God, they remove anything that is an offense to God. Amen. All right? They remove it. It leaves. It's gone. It's not a part of them. The Bible tells us that if you ever get a chance, read about Asa, who became the king of, uh, of the kingdom of Judah. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and verse number 2, or verse number 3, he removed the altars of the foreign gods in the high place and broke down the sacred pillars. He removed them. They say he removed them. He got, he got them out. They were no longer a part, amen, of what they were doing. Amen. Not only did he remove those, those uh, altars, but the Bible tells us that he, verse 5, that he removed the high places. And then you go into the 15th chapter, and then you will read that he removed his mother. Wow. 
Some of you are more concerned about what your family think, your children think, your mother and father think, than you are what God thinks. And you allow stuff to go on because it's filial. It's part of my family. Y'all remove some stuff. The Bible says that he removed his own mother. <laughs> From being the queen mother. Why? Because she had made an obscene image of Asheroth. Ma, you got to go. Why, son? You ain't doing right. You ain't living right. We got to have this here. If you're going to follow this God, it ain't happening here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to remove those things that are an offense to God. And if God, that's exactly what you will do. Now, Hebrews 11, 5. The Bible says, by faith, Enoch was taken away. So they did not see death. All right. And the Bible says he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And then it goes into the scripture we use as a text today. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Amen. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Now, we know that God responds to faith. Our faith in God grows as we fellowship with God. Amen. All right? We must both seek to please him and be diligent to seek him. Amen. How? With prayer, meditating on the word, worship, discipline. All these things will help our walk with God. Amen. Well, this world's pretty bad. I, I have an article I'm not going to read to you this morning. It was in our paper this morning. And it really is the attitude of this age. Very, very much, very revealed in the article. And, and, and there are people amongst you, well, you see, I, I have a difficulty because, because my world is so ugly. My world is so, it's just a nasty world. And, and, and it's affecting everything that I do. But hear me, Enoch walked with God in a wicked world before the flood. And he was able to keep his life pure. And he didn't have the Holy Ghost. And one day, the Bible says he was translated, which literally means to be carried across, and he was seen no more. Hallelujah. Now, for us, it may be different. We know Abel, a man of faith, died a violent death, but Enoch never died. So what, what does it say? God has different plans for each of us. But we must trust him. I'm coming to a close. They saw him on the seashore. They saw the fire. John said it's the master. It's the master. The Bible says that Peter got out of the boat and swam to shore. Okay. And then there transpired some things that were... Very powerful. As they dined with Jesus, Jesus said to Simon, Simon Peter, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. Then he said unto him, Feed my lambs. Amen. Now, a lot of people speculate what Jesus meant by that, lovest thou these more than these? Was he talking about his occupation, having been a fisherman? No, he gave that up. Was he talking about the fact that Jesus fed multitudes with loaves and fishes? No. Let me give you the words of Peter himself. I will lay down my life for thy sake. Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. And Jesus comes to him there at the seashore of Galilee, there over fish, and says, Do you love me? 
as you've claimed, more than these other disciples love me. You'll read in there that he grieved over those words. So here I am this morning in this house. I haven't come to compare myself with you. Doesn't work. It's easy to find somebody that's not in perhaps a spiritual place I am. And I, I can say to myself, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm better than them. I, I, I got more going on with God than they got going on. And God is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want you to compare yourself with anybody else. I want you to come to me. I want you to look at me and tell me to my face that I am, you're seeking me. Amen. That you're longing for me, that you're craving for me. You really want me to do that, God? You know, the truth be known, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't always craved for God. Even as a pastor of this church, I haven't always craved for God. I haven't always sought God. Sorry. I need to repent, don't I? Yeah, I do. You know. I know I've had wrong concepts. I know that in play, there was a voice in my mind playing with me say, man, you, you want to you be something important, just, just achieve, build a big church. Then everybody will praise you. I've listened to those voices. I've heard them. But I found out that it's all in seeking him. And so for this month, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be in ministry, seek God. Yes. Develop a relationship with Him. Amen. Don't look at other people and say, well, I can do a better job than them. Look at yourself and say, God, am I seeking you? Amen. Am I trying to get to you? Amen. Am I moving into the Holy of Holies? Or am I hanging out there by the fence and expecting you to operate when I'm not even in your presence? Help me, Jesus. Can we bow our heads in this room? Now, God is in this house. He's here. Many of you have felt him today. There's been a tongues, we did not have an interpretation, and I don't have a reason why, but that's okay. We'd heard from God. The question we have to ask ourselves is, are we really seeking Him? Or are we just trying to placate and convince God that what we're doing is enough? See, what many men do with their wives is they placate them. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, we tell our wives what we want them to hear, but we never change. We're trying to soothe their fears. And we do the same thing with God. We try to placate him. Well, God, I did pray last week. I did open your Bible once. God, I did practice this song. I did ask you to be with me today. And just like at the fire, the Lord looks at us and says, do you really love me more than these? I want to love him. And I'm not doing a very good job of it. I want to love him. I want to seek his face. I want to see the windows of heaven open. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people delivered. I want people that walk in the doors of this house to stay in this place and it not be a revolving door coming in and going out. 
I want God to be glorified today. And so with that, I, I got to repent. I got to turn away from. I got to turn to. I got to seek him. I got to seek him, first of all, to change me and then change what's around me. And he will hear me if I humble myself and seek his face. He will hear. In fact, he's anxious to hear. Can you just talk to him right now in this house? In the name of Jesus, in this place, in this place, God, in this place. We need to seek you, God. I need to seek you. The role of being a pastor is just not about a title, Father. It's an involvement with you to lead people by example, God. And so here I am before you. Forgive me of the times I did not seek your face. Help me, God, to crave for you, to long for you, to come into your presence to worship you. And your word says to me that if I diligently seek you, we will be rewarded. And the biggest reward I could have is to be called a son of God. And hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Ha, Jesus. Bless my brothers and sisters. Bless them, God. There are many battles going on in this house even today. Many struggles, God. People that think they have the answers when the Bible has the answer. And the answer starts with us seeking him. In the name of Jesus. Asa sought you, God, removed everything that was offensive to you, even to his mother. David instructed us that when we seek you, we will rejoice. We will talk of you. You will be the center of our conversation. Your word tells us over and over and over again that it's in the seeking of you that you will literally bring peace. And I say to some of you in this household, you want peace in your home, seek God. God will bring peace to you if you will seek him.